What's up, good people? It's me. It's me. It's your boy, Jerry Lee. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of Running My Mouth. Today, we're going to run our mouths about the sports world. A lot of NFL, mostly Titans talk, a lot of MMA and McGregor, and some NBA super team talk. Look, y'all, I was going to run my mouth about, you know, a more depressing issue, but real life um, issue, uh, and that's childhood depression. Uh, so eventually, <laughs> I don't care if it's one, two, ten, however many eventually listen, I want y'all's advice on depression, um, in preteens, teen, um, Girls, because I I just I know my 11 year old niece is uh, going through some depression right now. Um, but anyways, y'all, let's talk our shit, good people. All right, y'all. Before I dive into this 2021. Tennessee Titans defense. I want to pay my respects to um, a childhood hero, uh, former Titans general manager uh, Floyd Reese. The reason why I say he's a childhood hero is because he brought two of my sports heroes um, as a child uh, to Tennessee um, Steve McNair and Eddie George. so Floyd Reese is just as much a hero for me as Stephen Eddy or Kobe Bryant and Rasheed Wallace for me um, as far as basketball. Um, so yeah, man, uh, pay my respects um, and condolences to uh, his family. But uh, rest in peace, Floyd Reese. All right, y'all. So... The 2021 Tennessee Titans defense. First of all, before we start talking about that, let's talk about last year's defense. (laughs) Can it get any worse? Um, Honestly, it could. Uh, Not much worse, though. It was 28th in total defense, right? 29th against the pass, 19th against the run, and 24th in scoring defense. It could get worse, but how much more? Um, I think what I say total defense what was, what was it 28 yeah they allowed 398 total yards per game they allowed 277 yards passing per game they allowed 120 yards rushing per game and allowed 27.4 points per game so we gave up over 50% on third down and 50% on fourth down. 51% and 57% um, to be exact. Gave up damn near 2,000 yards rushing, 4.5 yards per carry. I'm wanting to say that's around the league average, around 4 point something. Uh, but at the same time, I'm sure that could be better. Uh, 
gave up 4,439 passing yards at 7.3 yards per pass. Um, gave up 6,372 total yards, 5.9 yards per play. That's a first down on every two plays. Opposing quarterback percentage was nearly 70%. Um, it was 67%. Uh, gave up 55 total touchdowns. Look, we need to turn, goodness, at least 10, 12 of those in the field goal attempts. Nobody made big plays last year. Look, 15 interceptions as a team and 25 sacks as a team. The leading sacker, Harold Landry with five and a half. And in my opinion, I think they were on the field for too long. They were on the field for about 32 minutes a game. I think that needs to be reversed. The offense should be on the field more than 30. And then the defense under 30. I don't know. I never played it down on the defense, though. So, I mean, I, don't let me. I'm not talking like I. I'm just trying to use common sense. Um, maybe getting rid of Butler, Malcolm Butler, um, Adore Jackson, and Kenny Vaccaro. Maybe, maybe that's going to be addition by the subtraction. I don't know. I liked Butler and Vaccaro for sure. Um, adding, but adding Bud Dupree and Danico Autry. Um, I, I think that for, that almost guarantees will be better up front. There were some key departures. Um, Daquan Jones, I think, is a big one. Clown Shoes, J. Davion Clowney. <laughs> and uh, Desmond King. Uh, I like Desmond King. Um, some key additions. We got, uh, look, rookie DBs, Janoris Jenkins. Uh, we got good linebacker depth and good corner depth. I think those are... All of the above are the best uh, additions so far um, to this team. And um, to be honest, this rebuild of the defensive backfield reminds me a lot of after the 2020, excuse me, the 2001. Longtime Titans fans will remember when Jeff Fisher essentially guaranteed he would fix that backfield. The next year he got... Samari, a healthy Samari, um, a year two Andre Dyson. You had a Lance Schultz and a rookie Tank Williams. Dude, that backfield was completely different, and it got us to the AFC Championship game. This defensive backfield this year reminds me a lot of that. Um... Titans will have a better defense if. Okay. So these are some big ifs, right? But completely possible. Bud Dupree provides more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Rookie DBs play well. Big Jeff faces much fewer double teams. Unit gets more than 25 sacks and 15 interceptions. I remember when that 2010 got 50 sacks. Give up around 20 points per game instead of 27. 
DBs are not the two leading tacklers. Look, Butler and Bayard both had tackles over uh, over 100 tackles. I, I don't know. To me, wouldn't that mean that too many uh, too many players are getting past the first and second level if the DBs are your leading tacklers? I, I think too many players get into that third level. When defenses are great, their leading tacklers are probably their linebackers. When Titans had great defense, I believe Keith Bullock was our leading tackler. Once he started starting. Ray Lewis, leading tackler. Every year he was healthy, I guarantee you. Um, and I think they need to, again, reverse that time of possession. Um, it was nearly even, but Titans D was on the field two minutes longer than opposing offenses. I think those small details are going to make a big difference. Record prediction? Mm, I say at best 13-4. and four. At worst, uh, nine and eight. Hey, by the way, before we get to another subject, let's put some respect on Floyd Reese's name. All right, look at the stars he brought to Tennessee. With without Floyd Reese, there is no um, championship run for the Titans. We had. Uh, they had a fun run, a good three, four-year run where, you know, we had a chance. Um, and I miss those times, but we're getting there. We're getting back. Uh, but he brought in Steve McNair, Eddie, um, Keith Bullock, Albert Hainsworth. I believe he brought in Pac-Man Jones and Vince Young, Lindell White, um, made trades for Kevin Carter, uh, brought in Lance Schultz, um, Andre Dyson, Tank Williams, so many fucking names, man. So many names, dude. Put some respect on that dude's name. Alright. So, look, let's talk Connor now, right? Moving on to MMA. Let's talk about Connor. Look, I love Connor. My homeboy asked me uh, last time we watched uh, a fight, probably when we watched this fight, he said. If you could see one star, who would you say you had to see fight, you know, before they retire? My answer is easy. Either Diaz brother, both of them, Nick or Nate. But Connor's third, for sure. So, I mean, those are my three favorites. So, I'm a big Connor fan. Um, Connor would probably say, fuck you, but it is what it is. <laughs> but this fucker's losing his mind. I think so. I mean, has money and fame changed him? Uh, is he proof that the love of money is the root of all evil? I mean, uh, at the breaking of his leg in that Poirier trilogy, uh, Khabib said, "Good always defeats evil." Connor respond, responded by taking a shot at Khabib's dad by saying, "Code is good and father is evil?" Question mark. I mean, he tweeted it and then deleted it. 
Um, oh, and also immediately after that Poirier trilogy, talking about the man's wife, um, and talking about killing him, and you know, that's I think that's that's a no brainer. Um, <laughs> that's he should nobody should do shit like that, man. But his tweet about beating Usman for the welterweight title. Um, I don't know. I don't want to call him delusional, man. Like, I would love to see the old Connor return. I would fucking love it. Um, I just don't, man. Uh, but I don't know. I think a, a fan asked him how he would, maybe how he would defeat the welterweight champion. I don't know. He said, I fight for the 170 pound title. I will spark him too. That would be fastest KO in UFC title fight. Most knockdowns in UFC title fight. And then another KO in a UFC title fight. Three title fights. Three KOs. Three new records. It's right there. Uh, I'm all for confidence, man. But I don't know. At, at this point, is, is he playing the gimmick like i mean is he running with i i don't know is he trying to convince himself he's still connor of old or or that this version will spark the old Con- i don't know man i don't know let's uh let, let's talk let's talk my opinion on what i think poirier should do now i'm i'm nobody so who gives a fuck right but I'm going to still give my opinion. I'm going to still run my mouth. That is what my show is called. Anywho, if if I'm Poirier's camp, right, I'm telling him, look, dude, if you made $10 million that last fight, let's do three, four more tops and, and call it. Um, I would pitch these three fights, though. I mean... After all, he'd have nothing left to prove after it for sure. I think I, if he made ten million against Conor, I bet he'd make between five and eight versus Diaz. If he beats Diaz, he should fight for the title and make another five or ten in that title fight. Poirier versus McGregor for for the first title defense would double his p- highest paid fight. I guarantee you'd fucking double it. Talking about paid in full. If you want to throw in a four fight, uh, that Kobe that Kobe fight would be pretty fucking interesting, I'd say. So y'all, let's continue with MMA. Let's talk about look. These fighters are are, are mentally, physically, all that stronger than I'll ever be. I guarantee you. So I, I really hate speaking too freely because I, I know it'll come across as somewhat disrespectful. First, I'm going to talk about Thug Rose. I, I cannot pronounce her last name. Let's talk about her last opponent. Saying that she believes she lost because she witnessed the gruesome injury of Chris Weidman fights before breaking his leg. 
Look, I don't buy that. That's horseshit. You searching for an excuse, dude. You lost. You got fucked up. Correct it and come back. Come get that title. Come back and get that title. But. Am I a dick for my views on Rose calling herself thug? She beats up the baddest women on the fucking planet. Yet claims PTSD. Because Connor threw that dolly on the bus? Am I a dick for not buying it? Please. Future listeners that eventually possibly could listen to this episode. Tell me if I'm a dick. Because I don't buy it. Doug Rose is a bad chick, dude. But she calls herself Thug Rose and she beats up the baddest women in the world. I'm not buying Connor calls her PTSD and she felt like she couldn't come out of her house. Anyways, am I a dick for it? Y'all, <laughs> I want to tell y'all about my, they don't know it yet, but my beef with an ESPN radio host. As if I'm important enough to have a beef with the SPN. But let's run with it. So, I'm listening to the radio. I know, I know it was on a Monday. Um, I think it was around 7 p.m. Co-host was a lady. Look, excuse me. It had nothing to do with her being a lady, first and foremost. It was her views on the way um, Lamar Jackson is handling this whole vaccination bullshit. I had a big issue with what she had to say. I don't care anything for Lamar Jackson. Damn sure not the Ravens. Fuck the Ravens forevermore. But I thought she was beyond judgmental about her news on the way Jackson is handling the vaccine situation. First and foremost, he's a fucking human being. Before being an athlete or NFL quarterback, he is a human being. A son, possibly a brother, possibly um, a father, um, you know, grandson, just like any of the rest of us, right? So if he wants to wait until he understands more about the vaccine, what do we have? Six, eight months of research on this fucking vaccine? If he wants to wait till he learns more about it, that's his fucking right. It's his body, and nobody should get to call the man selfish and question his dedication to his team. If the government and fucking Dr. Fauci came out and said that cocaine is the cure to the coronavirus, are we selfish if some of us decide we ain't snorting that shit? It's so easy for people to be puppets in this country. Do I believe the virus is real? Absolutely. Do I believe it's killing people? Yes. But I also believe there's plenty about the vaccine and the virus that we aren't being told about. 
I'm not gonna get all political and shit, y'all. I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. So let's move on to uh, 2021-22 Lake Show. Is this Los Angeles Lakers team a super team? Another question. Should we blame LeBron James for the super team phenomenon? I don't think so. I think we should start with none other than that second three-peat Chicago Bulls. What's that, 96 through 98 team? Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. Have to be in the top 50 of that era. Tony Kukoc, you can probably throw in there in, in at least the top 100. LeBron C, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, all three top 50 in that era. Mm, we could argue who had the better uh, supporting cast, though. But um, I, I, I don't think LeBron shouldn't get all the blame. And I love blaming LeBron for a lot of shit. Um. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about this uh, super team roster. Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Anthony Davis, Wayne Ellington, Talon Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, Wesley Matthews, Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook, Jerry West coming out of retirement. Big Shot Bob wants to distance himself, and Shaq was offered but failed to physical look. This is a super team. Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard all could be on this generation's top 50. Easy. I think so. Is it... Is this version of the Lakers a super team? I can see either side, honestly. Although I'm sure most people will say this is a super team. Using my same logic about the other super teams, I'd have to say 2021-2022 Lakers is a super team. The only argument that I could come up with is that this is the back end of both James and Westbrook's career. But I still think they'd be in the top 50. It's a fucking super team, people. I I like the super teams. I especially like um, shit. What's his name? Uh, Steph Curry super team. All right, y'all. Let's talk about one more thing. Let's run our mouth about one more thing. Let's talk our shit about one more thing. All right. I'm sure nobody gives a fuck about a white man's opinion on white privilege, right? But I'm going to give it anyways. Was the Tebow signing obvious example of white privilege? Look. I don't know if I can say this is an obvious example. Because people who believe it, believe it isn't, are going to say, well, what about the Giants giving... Uh, the same opportunity to Kelvin Benjamin. People who say it is will say Kaepernick should get a spot if Tebow gets a spot. 
to that, I would say I agree. If Tebow got a preseason roster spot, then so should Colin Kaepernick. I 100% agree. But also, if Kelvin Benjamin deserves a preseason roster spot, then so does Colin Kaepernick. To that, I'd say 100% agree. So let's not forget, Kelvin Benjamin got the same opportunity. If we want to talk about age, Tebow's 34 and Kaepernick's 33. So if you want to say if Tebow still has it, then we can argue that Colin Kaepernick could still have it. Yes, I understand Tebow was going to play tight end. I get it. The problem with Kaepernick, in my opinion, <laughs> look, again, he knows more about football. <laughs> He's forgot more about football than I'll ever know. Way better athlete. I don't mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just think the problem with Kaepernick is that he sucks now. He's not as good as people act like he is. He's more of a gimmick quarterback, if you ask me. He was successful until defenses figured him out. Is he good enough to be in the top 64 quarterbacks? Uh, probably. He's certainly better than some QB3s. Facts. Facts, facts. <laughs> but look, how about we consider this? How do we know that Urban Meyer didn't bring Tebow in because of the example he'd set throughout camp for them young players? How do we know that he didn't already know he'd cut Tebow before the season started? So, with either one of them, though, Tebow or Kaepernick, it's going to come with circus media for both of them. Circus, a circus media is going to follow both of them. I think right now, um, which one's worth dealing with, right? Look, I'm a diehard Titans fan, right? We got Barkley, and if he if he's going to be our backup, look, I, I think Kaepernick could probably be better than Barkley. I, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe not. But if Tim Tebow and Kelvin Benjamin deserved an opportunity to reinvent themselves then I think Colin Kaepernick deserved a shot here's look here's two things to consider though and the last one's gonna really uh, get some people butthurt the first one is is y'all remember his workout open to the GM's and uh, coaches I don't know how many showed up. I don't think it was many. But it must have fucking sucked. And here's the second one. Please, somebody, my eventual future listeners, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't remember Colin Kaepernick protesting and kneeling when he was leading the team to the Super Bowl. If I'm wrong, I would be... Happy as fuck to say that I'm wrong. I'm cool with being proven wrong. I got no issue with being proven wrong. Anyways, good people. Good talk.
Look, thank you, good people. Thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me or listening to me talk my shit to rant. I know I have some uh, different, you know, ideas and opinions, regardless of whether it's one listener, two listeners. Maybe here in the future, I get more than a few listeners. I appreciate y'all giving me 30 minutes of your day to bullshit with you. Here, I hope to get uh, some good episodes going. You know, sit down and talk to my, you know, nieces who are both in middle school. One's on quarantine right now. One's dealing with a lot in school and with depression and whatnot. So, those will be some important episodes. But again... Thank you, good people. Holler at me.